This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Kickin' Life Podcast. Your host, your truly Kickin' Life guru, Master Rich Grogan. Hey, as Rocky says, nothing hits harder in life. It's not about how hard you can hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. And that's how winning is done. And I want you to be a winner. I want you to be your very, very best. I want to inspire and motivate you to believe in yourself. So when, not if, but when life knocks you down, you get right back up with that confidence that I can take on more, I can do more, and I can live my best kick in life. All right, so buckle up, saddle up, here we go. Greetings, 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 kicking lifers out there. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Your kicking life guru, Rich Grogan, back with you again for another exciting, amazing kicking life podcast. So, hey, if you missed last week, and you know, I say this every week because I mean it, make sure you go back and check out previous podcast episodes. We're rocking this thing out each and every week. Last week, you know, it was kind of a tough one, to be honest with you, one of the tougher ones I've uh, ever done. But it was kind of provoked, if you will, by this book I'm reading or finished reading. And I'll, truth be told, I listened to the audio book. Audio book? Well, tongue tied there, right? <laughs> Happy day to you. Anyway, listen to the audible book, The Mask of Masculinity by Lewis Hose. And then I'm listening to that book again, and I'm actually reading along with the hardback book. So I strongly, strongly suggest picking this book up. Once again, the name is The Mask of Masculinity. It's how men embrace vulnerability create strong relationships, and live their fullest lives. And essentially what he talks about is peeling back the mask that us men wear. And then ladies out there, it, there's all kinds of great segments in there on how you can help your man, uh, maybe your son or your husband or your boyfriend, whoever it may be, help them peel back those masks. And those masks cover up who we truly are. And I'm guilty of wearing every single one of these masks. And I read all the masks last week to you, each and every one of them. And there's uh, nine of them. He talks about, I'm not going to read them again today, but I want you to buy this book and check it out. But like the stoic mask, you know, being uh, nothing can touch me. And then he got the joker mask and the athlete mask and then the sexual mask. And, you know, all these different masks that us men wear to cover up our own insecurities. Now, the truth be told, by exposing yourself, these masks are almost like a, a blanket, right? A security blanket of invincibility, right? Uh, putting that thing on to keep you from being vulnerable. And we know, men, if, we, uh, if we're vulnerable, if we expose a weakness, wow, that, that somebody's going to use that against us. And you've heard me talk before. I kind of well, not only grew up with that, but my father, that was kind of uh, his upbringing. You know, he, he only had an eighth grade education. He was kind of, uh, I don't know, the bounced around like he didn't have a family then he was uh, shipped off to Vietnam so he was conditioned hardcore and that was his whole thing you know if you never don't trust anybody you'll never get hurt and he kind of planted those seeds in me growing up and I've said before I almost feel like that song by Johnny Cash a boy named Sue <laughs> it could have been a boy named Richie because uh, dad pretty much said look you know what Richie, you got to grow up. You got to be a man. The world's a tough place. It's going to kick you, going to beat you. And, you know, if you expose yourself and if you're vulnerable, the world's going to take advantage of you. So you need to be tough right off the bat. 
Now, okay, I guess that's a good lesson for a teenager, <laughs> but these seeds were planted, I'm, I'm talking, as early as I can remember. So I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, that was his, he did the best he could. He could. I love my dad more than anything. Dad, I love you. Thank you for everything you've given me. You've given me great work ethic. You've given me, you know, a strong sense of passion and desire to push through, to overcome adversity and challenges and battle through. Of course, with that, you've got the other side of the coin, you know, and that this book, the reason I relate with it so much is because Lewis Hose talks about these very, very things of these masks that we put on from preconditioned mindsets have been placed on us, or I like to say seeds have been planted in our mind there. And that's exactly what it was. So dad, uh, you know, I grew up on a farm and at the early age, eight years old, I'm out there, we had a milk cow, one milk cow, and that's where we got our milk from. And uh, it was always exciting when uh, the city kids, as dad used to call them, they would come over and the only milk we had was actual cow milk. Now we pasteurize it. Well, my mom did. What she did was those that uh, unaware how you, how you do this. And I never would have known either. You, you, well, let me go back to the milk and the cow. You go out there in the morning, you tie the cow up uh, with its halter. Halter's the thing they wear over their head there. You give it food, and then you sit down on a little stool, and you go to town hand-milking the cow, and you try and fill up the pail, the bucket. And it was, you know, from the old farm days, it was an old stainless steel bucket. That's what we had. <laughs> so get a little visual of that, will you? Anyway, here's Richie out there, you know, milking the cow. And how you milk a cow, you can look it up on, you know, obviously YouTube and Google now. Uh, but back then, if you, I'm going to give you a visual here you kind of take maybe your finger here you start at the top where the uh, finger kind of runs into the hand you grip it almost with your index finger and your thumb almost like a c-clamp you're at the top and then you kind of make a fist as you wrench down the udder there and you squirt the milk in the bucket and i tell you as, as a young kid it took a while to get that bucket filled why am i going off on this i'm not even sure but <laughs> Hopefully you're getting a lesson how to milk a cow. But anyway, working it through. Now, here's the thing, and this would happen time and time again. You know, that cow, it doesn't let you know that it's about to, you know, pee or poop. It's not going to say, hey, be ready, get that bucket out of the way. At any given time, it could happen. So you're milking this cow, and next thing you know, here comes a flood. You're like, oh, gosh. So you got to get the bucket out of the way, or the cow would have a fly or a gnat or something. It would kick its leg out and kick the bucket over, and you have to start all over if there was any milk left. Anyway. Boy, there, there you go, right? <laughs> milk and a cow. But anyway, Mom, back to pasteurizing the cow milk. This is a whole different show today, isn't it? We'd take the milk in. She would strain it through a strainer and boil it on the stove and then let it cool, put it in the refrigerator, and there you go. And I'll tell you what, you talk about some thick, thick milk. So thick, the, like Dad said, the city boys, when they came over, the city kids, <laughs> they couldn't hardly drink it. You'd almost have to go to 50-50 water and milk delusion in order to mix it with your cereal. Anyway, why am I telling you that? Well, because it all relates back to kind of laying those seeds, those foundation of uh, planting the seeds of, you know, don't show any vulnerability. And of course, same time, you know, not only milking the cow, but shoveling horse poo out of the stalls, you know, if the horses would, and the horses would, you know, eat through the pine woods. So you'd have to build them back up with oak, which you ever drove a nail into oak, holy smokes. But anyway, it was laying that foundation, and those are some of the things things I did as a kid, you know, baling hay growing up on the farm. And Dad was a truck driver. He was over-the-road trucker, so he was gone a lot. And pretty much, Richie, you're the man of the house. You know, that's a big responsibility at seven, eight years old. And once again, it laid a dynamite foundation for, you know, persevering, battling through, never giving up, figuring stuff out, which is what's, you know, helped me become who I am today. 
Now, obviously, at that age, I thought it was cool at first, but then, you know, I was like, oh, man, this stuff, this sucks. I mean, I'll admit it. It was, it was, but I didn't know any better. I knew that was what I was supposed to do, and I knew I wasn't about to upset Dad, so I did what I had to do. But along with that, like I mentioned, is also that layer of uh, putting on those masks that I'm not vulnerable to any kind of pain. You know, I'm impervious to pain. And Lewis talks about these, uh, these masks similar to this uh, in his book. And then, of course, the sports mask, you know, being uh, being an athlete out there and you, you, you're invincible. That's another mask, the invincibility mask. He goes on and on. But what this book has really done for me, it's really helped me peel off these masks. And some of these babies were, they've been on glued on, if you will, or sewn on. They were a permanent part of who I am for the better part of my life. I'm 47 years old now, and um, these masks have been on there for a long time. So pulling these things off and realizing, you know what? I'm a human being. I can never live the life that I want to live if I'm hiding behind these masks. I can never be the person that I was born to be. I can never utilize my God-given talents to, to inspire and empower people, which is what my purpose on this planet is. I know that now. But if I hide behind these masks and think I'm in pervious to pain. I'm still a guy. I, I still wear these masks. And my goal is now is when I feel like these things are gluing to my face, I got to pull them off. Now, that doesn't mean all masks are bad. You know, I don't want to, uh, uh, I, I guess one mask that I have is we can't slip into what I think is, you know, a pity party. I Have you ever heard me talk about pity parties on my video blogs and other podcasts? A pity party, the bad thing about pity parties, nobody brings gifts. And if you're complaining about all your pity, guess what? You're going to attract more pity parties from other people. And it's a pity, pity, pity party. Yuck. No gifts. Only pity. I don't want that kind of party. So what I'm saying is when you pull off these masks, and I'm telling you this because this is kind of what I'm going through right now is I don't want to sound like I'm whining and complaining because all means that would drive me nuttier than, you know, hiding behind this mask because that would really, that's not who I am and nothing gets done. But in order to admit you got a problem to pull off this mask in order to better yourself, in order to help out others, that is what I'm getting out of this book. It's great. And well, how did I come about this book? Well, I got to give a shout out to my uh, one of my success mentors, Mr. Chris Widener, and I'm a part of his mastermind group, which I'm so very grateful and thankful for that. Holy smokes, uh, we had our, we got our accountability partner set up yesterday, so I'm really looking forward to a fantastic 2018. And of course, folks out there, everything I'm learning from the, this mastermind group and all my other mentors, guess what? I'm sharing every, every bit of that with you, every bit of that, because truly, that is my purpose, my goal. I want to empower and inspire, and I wrote it down the other day, now this is out there, 100 million people. Woo! Is that a lofty goal? Yeah, yeah, it is. But we want to keep those standards up there. You know, a lot of times you'll hear people talk about in this, uh, about setting your goals. Yeah, you want to reach your goals. I get that. But the biggest, I don't say failure, but one of the biggest failures in life is setting your goals so low and then hitting them. And then where do you go from there? And some will say, well, you go on to the next goal. You go on to the next goal. I get that. I'm talking about your big grandiose scheme goal, the one that's at the top. Set that baby as high as possible and keep climbing up to it. Now, what I often fail at doing is stop and say, man, maybe I haven't reached that goal yet, but gosh darn, I'm a heck of a lot further today than I was yesterday. I'm a heck of a lot further this year than I was last year. So I strongly suggest set those goals high, but learn from my experiences there. Don't get on to yourself just because you haven't reached that lofty goal because that sucker's way up there. Yeah, look, you know what? Hey, I've come a long way. 
a little bit of celebrating. Okay, now let's move on again because you need that. And I'm telling you that from experience of just constantly beating yourself down. Before you know it, you think, you know what? I guess I'm never going to make it. Wow. Does that connect with anybody? I think it probably does. So anyway, all over the place to start things off here. But I'm p super pumped, super excited because I have pulled off several of these masks. And the biggest one is last week on the podcast, I had my wife on here who is a, um, oh, she was a nurse for 20 years and she dealt with psychology. Uh, I often tell the story, she went into psychology to try and figure me out. She found out that was impossible, so she thought, you know what, <laughs> maybe I better turn it, you know, go into the nursing field and repair him every time he gets banged up and hurt in martial arts and sports and everything else. But she still had this, uh, that uh, uh, minor in psychology, so she could help me out on that front as well. But anyway, last week's episode, I talked about kind of peeling off the mask there and definitely being vulnerable. Talked about that my fights and battles with anxiety and depression. That was tough for me to say. It was extremely tough. I mean, I did a video blog on it, and that was one of the toughest ones. I, I had to, like, super psych myself up like I was going into a big fight, going into a big battle, because essentially I was, <laughs> to expose those things. All those years of keeping that, uh, I guess, that vulnerability covered up with an iron plate, because nobody can see me sweat. Nobody can see my weaknesses. Nobody can see me cry. Nobody can see my vulnerability. Craziness. Craziness. But yet, 47 years old, and I'm still covering all those things up. But I let them out. Yes, I'm human. Of course I'm human. But here's the thing. I was worried more about what others would think, saying, hey, you're an inspirational speaker. You're a leadership mentor. You're a martial artist. You're a master martial artist. You've been over to Korea countless times. You should be able to deal with these anxieties. You should be able to deal with these depressions. You should be able to deal with this. And who are you to tell us how to fix us when you can't even fix yourself? And those were the thoughts, those were the battles, those were the demons that were keeping me from saying these things, keeping me hiding behind these masks. But you know what? Not only this book, but the support of my wife and the fact that, uh, you know, spiritually, boy, oh boy, I've really got in touch with my spiritual side, which is something that was always there. And here's the truth. It was there when I wanted it, meaning when I really needed it. And other than that, it's like, ah, oh, you know what? It was kind of like, it, it, it'll always be there. I'll, I'll play it second fiddle. Now, I'm just being honest. Now, that's not right, but that's just exactly how I was doing it. Well, anyway, um, where was I at? <laughs> Bing, bang, boom. Had Desi on the show, and I openly admitted, and the video blog, look, my whole life I've dealt with anxiety, dealt with bouts of depression, and as embarrassing as it was for me to say that, it was such a relief to kind of open up and say, hey, I'm taking this mask off. Here I am. What I'm doing is I am I'm, you know, exercising is, is a great thing that I do. So if you're dealing with anxiety and depression, exercise is a good one. But the biggest thing, that's a huge one. But the biggest thing that I found was life-changing for me was planting different seeds. The seeds in my mind. And how do I do that? By listening to, well, podcasts like the Kickin' Life podcast. Surrounding myself with uh, motivated, inspirational people. Now you say, well, maybe I can't, I, I don't have anybody that's motivational, inspirational. Well, here's the thing. You start listening to podcasts like this on a regular basis. You start uh, watching YouTube videos on inspiration. You start reading books on inspiration, motivation, on different mindset, on different ways of thinking, on positivity. Yeah, you start listening to audiobooks on those things. You're planting the right seeds. Now, 47 years of, of, of weeds or negative baggage, so to speak. I got a lot of crap to shovel through, but I'm doing it. 
I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And I mentioned over the past five years, I've read more books than I have my whole life. Read well over 100 books. Listened to well over 200 books on Audible. Yeah. And thousands upon thousands of hours of, of inspirational YouTube videos and podcasts and attended countless conferences. Here's the deal. Slowly but surely, the law of attraction comes into play. What you think about, what you focus on magnifies. You've heard me talk about that countless times because it's true. I'm coming from 100% experience here. This is what's happened with me. Now, it doesn't mean I still don't fight those demons every day, those battles. I do. I do. But the more I condition myself, the better I'm getting about planting the right seeds, the easier it is to fight those battles. Think about it this way. If you train for a competition, and when you first, well, just let's say, you know, if you're a fighter, first time you step in the ring, okay, and maybe you haven't trained a lick, you haven't done anything, you know, you, you've got the gloves on the right hand, so that's about it, well, you're going to get whooped. I mean, you're going to get whooped unless that person in the ring has less experience, right? <laughs> so anyway, you're in there. Now, here's the deal. You go back, you start training. You put in extra hours of training, put in extra hours of training. The next time you go in there, you're going to be a heck of a lot better. You're going to be a heck of a lot better. The same thing over and over. Or maybe I'll give you this example. Maybe you take an aerobic class. Or guys, maybe you're going to the gym and you haven't lifted a weight in 10 years, right? Well, of course, us guys, we're going to go in there and try and bench press what we were benching 10 years ago and find out we can't do it. <laughs> and then, of course, hopefully you don't give up. You keep going back. But my point is, the first time you do some, anything, and it might be the first time ever or it might be the first time in 10 years, we're going to have to check our ego and start off a little bit slower. But each repetitive time, you're going to get better at it. Each time, you're going to get better. And this example I'm giving is all about fighting. I call them your mental demons. The reason I call them demons is not to scare anybody. That's just my word that I like to use because I think that's demon to me is every negative in, input, influence, impulse that's trying to pull you down in the depths of hell, so to speak. That's a demon pulling you down, trying to keep you down. You know, like I say, it'll beat you down and keep you down. That's what I call mental demons, the anchors that are trying to pull you down. We're all fighting our own battles there. But how we overcome those battles, we choose to fight them, number one. We don't let them win. And there's some days you're not going to feel like fighting them. I get that. But if you condition yourself slowly but surely, little by little each day, it's going to get better. And I'll tell you, the Spartans, <laughs> their thing is the more you sweat in training, this is a little saying the Spartans had said, I didn't hear it. I read it somewhere. Yeah, that, I know the power of reading. Unbelievable. Anyway, the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in battle. Think about that for a second. The more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in battle. Now, hopefully none of us are actually going into a ring to fight. Hopefully none of us are going out on a battlefield. Now, I know we got a lot of soldiers that listen to the podcast too. So, you know, special note, well, first of all, my heart goes out to you guys. God bless you. God bless your loved ones. And thank you so much for everything you do. Man, oh, man. Uh, please, please be safe out there. But please put in that little extra in training. The more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in battle. So special shout-out to our soldiers. But our other friends that aren't in battle right now, think about that. Think about that. The more you sweat in training. Now, it doesn't mean you have to physically sweat if you're reading a book, but you are breaking a mental sweat. Yeah? Of course, here's how my mind works. I hear that. Now, what do I think of automatically? Here's bing, bang, boom. Dodgeball, right? <laughs> what, is, what does White say? Oh, I like to break a little mental sweat, too. You're, you're reading the dictionary? Guys got it? Okay, now we're back. Anyway, being goofy. But seriously, break that mental sweat 
And that mental sweat is, you know, reading a book, listening to podcasts like this, listening to positive motivation, talking to somebody who can stimulate your mind. Yeah. <clears throat> and the less you'll bleed in battle. And what I mean by bleeding in battle is the less, well, you're still going to bleed when you're fighting those demons, but each time it's going to get easier and better. Wow. A little different start to the show. Actually, I, I, I had my show notes talked about <laughs> discussing anxiety and uh, you know depression battles on the previous podcast and how helpful my wife was to bring those things out. And then I kind of went off on a tangent there. But seriously, folks, check out this book by Lewis Holmes, The Mask of Masculinity. And uh, I'm going to make a public declaration here. I'm going to have Lewis on the podcast at a future date. So there it is. I've put it out there for the world to hear. And of course, now it's going to happen. When? I don't know. But it is going to happen. And that's how you do things, folks. Throw it out in the universe. Throw it out in the world. That law of attraction. Say it. Say it with conviction. Say it with meaning. Bang. It's going to happen. But here's the thing. By me just saying it and throwing it out there, it's not going to happen on its own. I've got to actually take active steps of contacting Lewis, his his, uh, publicist, and everybody else in order to have it happen. So I'm going to have to do the work in the background. But now that it's out there, I've kind of made a public declaration. So New Year's resolutions are coming up, right, everyone? Yeah. So hopefully you write your New Year's goals down. If you don't, I strongly suggest you do it. And then to make it even better, throw it out there to the universe and get yourself an accountability partner. Because it's one thing to let yourself down, but to let somebody else down, you know, we're all good people. Even the people that maybe we don't think are good people. You got good in you. And people always want to do good for others. Sometimes they don't want to do it for themselves. So throw it out there. Write it down. Tell somebody, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start an exercise program. And Write it on the calendar and ask a friend, hey, do me a favor. Hold me accountable. I'm going to do an exercise program. Now, I've heard, uh, and this is completely off topic for what I was going to talk about, but it, it just brings it up. Uh, was it, uh, I think it was John Maxwell had said, or Jack Canfield, one of them. They, saw, they said they were going to do something, start an exercise program, or write, oh, it was write a book. And he wrote a buddy a check for $1,000. And he said, here's a check for $1,000. If I don't have this book out by this date, that's your check. You cash it. It's yours. Now, he said, now, I sure as heck, I won. It was, you know, male ego thing. I don't want to lose the bet. Two, I didn't want to lose $1,000. So it was there. So it was had some merit, had some meaning. Now, that may be extreme, but if you want to write your buddy a check for 100 bucks, you know, something that's really going to make an impact. You know, if you write it for 10 bucks, you're like, ah, no big deal. But if you write it for 100 bucks, say, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm starting at the gym on this day, and by this day, I'm going to lose this much weight. Boom. Or this day, I'm going to have a new job. Whatever. Now, I've never done that. I, I think about it a lot, and maybe I will do it now that I'm telling you about it. But it was just powerful. You write a check to somebody else and as, as a public declaration, but also you got some skin in the game now, right? you got some money on the line. Now, your buddy, of course, is almost hoping you fail, right? Hey, man, <laughs> hey, let's go, out and, uh, let's go out and party. I don't want you to write that book. I don't want you to go to the gym. I want to cash this $100 check. Hopefully your buddy cares more about you and your successes than money. But who knows? I, I don't know. I'm sure I've got some friends that would do what they could to smack me around and uh, try and collect on that. But the goal is if you're better than yourself, that $100 check or that $1,000 check in the future will be meaningless simply because you're going to be so much better off. So anyway, that was kind of a random thought. Random thoughts by the Kick and Life Guru. Boom. There it is. Okay. So... Why did I bring this out about my battles with anxiety and depression? Why did I bring these things up? Well, the simple fact is, one, I was nervous about it. I was worried about what other people think. But it came down to, you know what? 
if I want to achieve my mission of empowering as many people as possible, maybe 100 million, that's kind of the goal I've set way up there. You know, if I don't reach 100 million, if I reach 10 million, that's a heck of a lot of people being empowered, right? That's a heck of a lot better than nobody. So set that goal up there. Maybe it's just a million. Well, you know what? I reach a million, I got to climb for another million, another million. That's the whole goal. Set that thing high and in order to uh, do what you can. If you said, oh, I want to empower two people. Well, that's a good start, but then where do you go? Well, I'll go two more. I'll go two more. Well, good. Stepping stones, but I'm telling you, put that goal way the heck up there and climb up to it. So the reason I did this is because I know there's others out there that are suffering with anxiety and depression and are battling through and are wearing these masks and have covered these things up and are feeling empty and hollow inside and you don't know how to come out. Now, here's my thing. When I first started doing these podcasts, yeah, I mean, I was as genuine as I could be, but I was covering up a lot with a mask simply because I had to act like, almost like pretending to be somebody I wasn't. Now, I'm a positive, upbeat, inspirational guy. That's who I am. And for a number of years, I had to cover that up because, believe it or not, a lot of people I surrounded myself with didn't like me because of that. And I could never understand that. Wow. Matter of fact, this martial arts federation I was with for 26 years, as an adult, you ready for this one? I would get in trouble. <laughs> How the heck does an adult get in trouble? I'd get in trouble for being me, for being positive, for being upbeat, for being motivated, for laughing and joking. Now, here's the deal. I'm all about the manners, discipline, respect, and protocols that come along with being a martial artist. Uh, granted, I could work on all of them a little bit. And when there's a time, you know, boom, stoic, stand there at attention, good bow. The Koreans call it your stone face. Yeah, there's a, there's a time for that. Put on your battle face, so to speak, or your war face. But all in all, once we're done with that, lighten up a little bit. You know, majority of our client base is kids. You got to have fun with the kids. You got to engage with the kids. You got to connect with the kids. And that's the only way to continue growing. And uh, anyway, I don't mean to go off on a little, that was almost a negative turn there. But I used to get punished for being who I was. And in my book, Square Peg Round Hole, I'm going to talk about those things simply because I stood out. I stood out. Everybody should stand out because we're all born to be somebody different than the next person. Anyway, 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 how many times have I said that on this show? Holy smokes. I didn't have any coffee this morning, but I know it sounds like it, right? <laughs> but the reason I kind of expose that weakness, if you will, I truly want to help out others. So if you're dealing or battling with any type of anxiety, depression, or any of those mental demons, as I like to call them, get the help you need, okay? Now, I'm not a doctor. I'll never claim to be a doctor. I'm not smart enough to be a doctor. There's people out there far smarter that you need to turn to for those things. I'm just telling you what's helped for me. I'm just telling you this is what I've battled through, and if you're battling through it too, don't be ashamed. Get the help you need because I want you truly to live your best kick in life. Good enough? Good enough. So before we go any further, I've got uh, Brandon Beliso waiting, and I tell you, uh, we, we kind of briefly spoke about what he's going to talk about today, and Folks, listen into this, and I would suggest after you're done listening, rewind it and listen to it again, uh, because it's all about living in the present, living in the present. Now, we've talked about these things before, and I'm plenty guilty of living in the past, living in the future, but not living in the present. So, Brandon, I'll tell you what, buddy, first of all, thanks for being here as always. I really greatly appreciate your time. Our audience, our listeners love it. So, buddy, take it away if you would, please. Hey Rich, it's Brandon Beliso here, and it's a real honor to be with you today. There's a great saying by, uh, I believe Confucius said this, if I am living in the past, I am depressed. 
If I'm living in the future, I'm anxious. If I am living in the present, I am at peace. And that stands so, so true for so many, especially I know for myself. When I would live in the past and beat myself up for a childhood I was not responsible for, when I would beat myself up for past failures and mistakes, I could easily be in a state of depression. And if I live in that past, I dig a hole so, so deep that pretty soon I'm looking up and I'm defeated. There's no way I'm getting out of that hole of depression. So... I think it's very, very important for me not to live in the past. I mean, other than the valuable lessons I take from it, other than the memories I can hold dear to my heart, really, the past is just the past. And the future doesn't exist, right? The, the, the future's, I mean, hypothetical. It's not real. So to project into the future, I'm, what, 55 today? Um, I could hopefully live another 30 years, 40 years, but who knows? Then I'm seeing my own demise. And you project it in that future, getting older, possibly getting sick, getting older. What, what's, what's my you know, ability to earn money going to be? I mean, there's so many variables. Knowing that other people I love are going to die. What's going to be the state of the world? So by projecting into the future, it's very easy to be anxious. So I've really learned if I live in the past, I'm depressed. If I live in the future, I'm anxious. So really, my goal today for me is to make sure that I live in the present moment. And the present is called the present because it is truly a gift. It is truly a gift. So then it becomes the art of mastering how to live in the present. So how do I do that? Number one is being mindful of my breath teachings, any Eastern teachings such as yoga, martial arts, meditation, um, everything centers around the breath because the breath is the one thing that connects the mind and the body, connects your mind and your body. And if I can fully engage my mind and my body and they're in synchronicity, then I'm in the present moment. It doesn't help me if my mind is here and my body's on the other side of town. Right? That's when you drive a mile down the road and you look around and go, did I just drive that mile? That's an example of not being present. And when you're not present, it's very easy to live in the past or project into the future. So my breath is the number one thing that keeps me fully present in the moment. And if I'm mindful of my breath and I back up my breathing mindfully, people say, well, I, I, I breathe all the time. I breathe all the time. I said, but do you breathe mindfully with the intent of being present, with the intent of finding balance in this moment? Because if I can find balance in this moment, I am fully at peace. I am fully present. Because I recognize all that exists is this moment. The past, it doesn't exist. It's but a memory. And I'm going to live in the past, and that's going to cause me unbalance, and I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to project into the future, which is but a dream. It doesn't exist. That also creates being unbalanced, and it leaves me with anxiety. So it's really about being mindful of your breath in the present moment to establish that sense of balance. Because if you are fully balanced, fully present, then it's truly the gift. Secondly, I, I never get too hungry, too tired, or too angry. That's a big one for me. If I'm too tired, I'm in the past, I'm in the future, I'm nowhere but where I need to be, which is the present. If I get too hungry, same thing again. I find myself very anxious, very grouchy, I'm not in a good space. And lonely, that's a big one too. There's a huge difference. I love my alone time and being alone is important, but being lonely is a different thing. 
And I think as human beings, we crave that human contact. So learning the difference between being alone, which I like, and being lonely, two different things completely. And I hope you get me on that one as well. So really, um, I know some of it is a chemical imbalance, and I'm not a doctor, so I wouldn't tell people to change that. Uh, some people have a chemical imbalance and actually need medication to deal with their depression or anxiety. I am not a doctor. Did I repeat that three times? I am not a doctor. But I am a student for life who suffered depression, who have suffered anxiety in different forms from an unbalanced upbringing, from a dysfunctional upbringing. And I work with that on a daily basis to become a better version of me. Cool? All right. So I, I hope this helps today. I want to say thank you to the audience out there as always. And until we talk again. You go out there and live your best life. Thank you so much, Professor Beliso. God bless you. Man, oh man, great, great stuff. And, and folks, I'm telling you, these are the people I'm surrounding myself with now. People like Professor Beliso, people like Kyoshi Dave Cave, <laughs> yeah, Kyoshi Dave Cave, Dave, Dave Kovar. Wow, is that a tongue twister? Normally it's not. I say that I don't know how many times. But apparently it was there. I had to take a drink of water there. Kyoshi Dave Kovar. How about that? Holy smokes. Sorry, Kiyoshi. <laughs> Put your name. Anyway, people like that. Chris Widener, another guy I'm surrounding myself with. All these people that have a different mindset. They've planted the right seeds. They've got a past just like everybody else. We are no different than anybody else. But we're all doing what we can to help this world become a better place. Working toward our purpose. Yeah, the purpose of changing lives, empowering and inspiring people. So that message there, folks, I'm telling you, and I, I just want to touch on a couple points. You know, living in the past, living in the past, you're depressed. Now you're thinking, well, I want to recount the memories, the good times, and everything that went on. Well, that's good. Focus on those things. But often, and this happens to me, I know, when I think, well, matter of fact, how about this? On, on the drive up here today to do the show, a song came on the radio by Brian Adams, Cuts Like a Knife. You guys know that song? It cuts like a knife, yeah, but it feels so right. Okay, that's enough of the singing, right? You're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, what happens? And that's the beauty of music. You start thinking back to an earlier time in your life, and that song makes you think of, of a specific event, maybe a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a high school dance or a moment in, your, in time. Think about those. That's cool. Capture that. Smile. But here's what happens to me a lot of times. I start thinking, oh, man, I was young. I used to be able to do this. Well, I could do that. So my mind often, instead of just taking that you know, smile and like, yeah, that was a good time, and building from that, I start thinking about how long ago that was, how life changed. And if you're anything like me, yeah, capture that song, think about it, but then you know, get back. Get back in the present, as Professor Bliso talks about, because too often the past can be depressing. Yeah. And then, of course, the future, you know, you're going to be anxious about what you want. You know, I want to do this. And here I'm talking about all these goals I've got. That's good to set those goals, but don't focus too much on tomorrow. Make sure you focus on what you have here, right here, right now, the present. The present is here. As Professor Bliso talks about, focus on the breath. Focus on the moment. And enjoy what we have right here, right now. Because that's all we have. That's all we have is this present second, this present moment. And once it's gone, it's gone. And that's why, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, I am going to do and continue to do everything I possibly can to find 
to research, get the best content, the best guest, people like Professor Beliso on the show to share their expertise, their knowledge, their wisdom to help you live your best kick in life because I know how sacred and valuable time is. And I'm just so grateful that you take time out of your busy day to listen to this episode, to listen to past episodes, to share these episodes with others, to help them live their best kick in life. Because together we are building that tribe. We're building that tribe of positive, motivated, inspirational thinkers, people that believe in a higher power of, you know what, there's a greater good out there. That's how we're going to make our society a happier, healthier, and safer place to live. That's how we're going to leave a better society for our kids than maybe the one that was left for us. That's how we're going to do that. But it all starts with all of us collectively working together. You sharing this with somebody who could benefit from it, inspiring them, you know, helping them weed the weeds out. Maybe the uh, maybe they've got more than 47 years of garbage planted in their brain there that they need to weed out. Okay. Now, of course, there's something to be said about that, as I mentioned. You know, dad did the best he could do. And part of the other side of that coin is, you know, he taught me to be a fighter. He taught me to never give up. He taught me to battle through. He taught me to persevere. He taught me, well, you know, to be a man, right? Now, there's a lot that goes along with that, especially at a young age. You don't fully understand that. Those are all, you know, solid things, all good things. But, of course, on the other side, you know, you need that balance. And that's where this book has helped out so much, taking those masks off. But I was really happy, um, you know, the message with Presley. So focus on the breath right here, right now. That's all we have. Make it the best you can. And today I posted on my Facebook page. And by the way, if you don't follow me on Facebook, please do so. Send me a friend request, Rich Grogan. And then our fan page is uh, Kickin' Life Guru, Master Rich Grogan. So like that page every day. Every single day begins with an inspirational, motivational post, quote, uh, video, something to kick you right in the butt, right off the bat, to have a great day. And I personally post each one of those because I need to read them too, right? That's we're all in this battle together. So let's help each other, right? Yeah. You know, throw, throw some feedback my way. You know, comment on those posts if you like them. Comment on how it makes you feel. Comment on uh, maybe what you're going through today if you're not feeling up to it because we all have those battles, you know. And the one I posted today was all about simple success today is winning that battle to get out of bed. Now, once you've had that first success, you won that battle, you got out of bed, which, to be honest, is a battle for me a lot of days. It really is. I just want to oh, I don't want to get up. I know we all fight that battle. I'm human, too. But you win that first battle. And, you know, I feel the first thing you do when you get out of bed is make that doggone bed. Now, and what I'll do is my, my wife's still sleeping. I'll make my half of the bed, and then she'll make her half of the bed when we get up. But why? One, the first battle, I won. I got out of bed. So there's a success. Second thing, I've made the bed a success. Yes. And then the third step, if you will, or even, you know what, maybe, maybe back up a little bit. Maybe before you even get out of bed, if this works for you, think about like gratitude, what you are grateful for. I am grateful for breathing, as Professor Bliso talks about. Breathe in, I'm breathing, breathe out, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for the house I have. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful that I live in a free country. I'm grateful that there's a higher power and there is good in the world. Whatever you're grateful for, your health. Like I said, the fact that you have a car, that you have you know, the ability to listen to this podcast. 
all the little things. You start listening to those little things you're grateful for, it's going to open the door. Because you know how I feel about the law of attraction. It's not just I feel about it. I didn't know what the law of attraction was five years ago. But gosh darn it, I know what it is now. And I know what you focus on magnifies. I know what you put out there. You put positive energy out there. doesn't mean you're always going to get positive energy back. But you got a much greater chance. And the more you continue to do it, like I said about fighting those battles, you put more positive out there. Yeah, you're still going to get a little negative back, but the more positive you get back, it's going to be easier to fight those negative demons or those negative naysayers or any other negative uh, mental demon dragging you down, if you will. Put it out there, but live in the present. Be grateful. So that's what I do. Get out of bed. Boy, won the first battle. Make the bed, won the second battle. And then I actually, I go right out to to the window and look outside and I say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, There are days that I miss that, and when I do, I'm like, you know what? That's why I'm kind of struggling today. I didn't give thanks. And then count those gratitude journals or gratitude things and write them in a journal. That's something I've done, well, not as often or I guess consistently as I should have, but I just bought a new journal, which is pretty cool because it's got a morning reflection and evening reflection, or I guess a morning start and evening reflection, and I'm disciplined about doing it. If I miss a day, I'm like, gosh darn it, but uh, I haven't. I haven't missed a day in, uh, I guess, two weeks now, which I'm happy as heck about morning, you wake up, how, how am I feeling? Boom, you write how you're feeling. And then you write, well, what, uh, how am I going to make today great? What am I grateful for? On down. You list, it only takes maybe, maybe three minutes. And then at the end of the night, it's another reflection. By doing those things, now what I have a hard time doing is, well, I shouldn't say hard time, I just haven't disciplined myself, is going back through and looking at those pages after I've done it. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I, I'm not supposed to. I, I, I don't know, I probably should. But the whole point is I'm writing these things down and it's something powerful about putting pen to paper and putting those things down and just listing one or two, one or two things you're grateful for. And it gets you thinking, yeah. And there are days you just don't feel like, I don't have anything. I don't feel like doing this. I, I want to be happy. I just don't feel like it. I'm human. I go through those things too. I've got those anxiety demons that I'm battling as well. But I'm telling you, writing those things down it, it gets them off your mind. You see them on paper. And a lot of times, it's not as bad as you think. Yeah. And the thing about the mind, at least the way mine works is, if I'm focusing on one or two problems, those one or two problems are like endless loops that continue to circle and spin and spiral out of control. And it's only one or two things, but those one or two multiply. And then those four multiply. And then those eight multiply. And then those 16 multiply. And before you know it, those two thoughts, those two problems are now a hundred. You go, you stop, you write those dang things down, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's just two problems. Now I see them on paper. I can identify with them. That's not that bad. But that mind will just keep those babies spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. And the more you focus on that, what's it going to do? It's going to take this little bitty mohill of a problem that maybe was a one or a two, and it's going to blast that thing up to a you know stage five, stage ten problem, right? Bang! That's what happens. So what do I do? I write those things down, and I'm telling you, it helps. And here's the thing. Once again, back to Professor Bleasel's message there. Living in the present. I want to make the present the very best I can, and I want to make the future the best I can, but I want to focus too much on that right now, but know that what I'm doing right now will create that future. So if I'm doing my best right now in this present moment, living it to my fullest, doing what I should be doing, you know, the mental sweat, self-educating, 
becoming my best, exercising, cleansing my mind with positive inspiration, that's going to create a better uh, future. That's going to create a better present because you're, or I'm sorry, a better future because your present is where it should be. And then on the past, don't focus too much on that. Yeah, if a song takes you back, man, savor the flavor, savor the moment. I heard uh, the other day, uh, well, the other day, it was uh, Panama by Van Halen. That takes us back a little bit, doesn't it? So I started thinking about, well, goodness gracious, how old was I when that came out? 13, maybe? Whoa. You guys remember that's, uh, I guess, I don't think it was CDs. No one CDs back then. Holy smokes. It was cassette and uh, LPs, right? Anyway. It, of course, took me back, and then what also took me back, We uh, for spring break, we went to Panama Beach, uh, Florida, Panama City Beach, Florida, and uh, one of our buddies put together a cassette tape. Are you ready for that? Put together a cassette tape, and it was Panama was the first song on there. And, you know, every time I hear that song, I think of our road trip from here in southern Illinois to Panama City Beach, and, boy, boy, that was, that was a good time. It was a real good time, but I think of that. I think of us. Five guys crammed in this little van. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Anybody relate to that? But, you know, those songs take you back, and you think about that, and it's good to, you know, reminisce on those good times, but don't think too much about, oh, I wish I, wish I could do that again. What I've tried to do with my mind is, hey, I can do that again. Now, maybe I can't, you know, go to spring break with those same guys again, but I can take my family to Panama City Beach. Now, you're probably thinking, yeah, but, man, it was so much more fun with the guys. I get that. I get that. And maybe you can hang out with your guy friends, but, you know, the thing about getting a little older and maybe a tad bit more mature, just a tad bit on this end, <laughs> is realizing, you know what, those things happened in the past and they're, they're, they're best left in the past. Let's move forward and enjoy this present moment in order to create a better future. So, boy, oh, boy, we discussed all kinds of great stuff today, as always. Um, the one last thing I want to kind of leave us with here, and this was from Earl Nightingale, and it kind of reflects on everything we've been talking about, and it's we will become what we think about. Now, we all have baggage. We all have <laughs> things, mental demons we're battling. We've all got problems. But what we focus on, what we think about, and all we have, kind of getting back to that message, is the present right here, right now. Once this time is gone, it's gone, folks. It's gone. That's why I want to bring you the best content like I keep saying here. I want to inspire and empower you. I want you to share what you've heard from here to, for me, put it into play, put it into effect, help impact your lives, and then share it with somebody else to impact their lives. And I tell you, that makes you feel so good because everybody wants to be helpful, right? And if you don't believe me, if you ever ask for uh, maybe you got a new phone and you ask somebody, even a kid or a teenager, hey, how do I do this? Man, what? oh, they, they all want to help. If you're ever lost, you need directions. You got 15 different people. Of course, us guys, we never stop and ask for directions, right? Can't do that. No way. But if you ever want some, just ask, and that brings faith back into humanity, right? People do want to help. And then there's some people say, well, man, everybody's out for themselves. There are a lot of people out for themselves. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There's a large majority of people out for themselves. And unfortunately, that gets a lot of the attention. But there are a lot of doggone really, really good people out there, too. And like I said, just ask for something. If something you don't understand, ask. You're going to have a lot of people give you comments. Post something on your Facebook page. Just ask a question on your Facebook page. Whatever that question may be. Maybe, what, what should I get my kids for Christmas? What are you getting your kids for Christmas? How do I use this iPhone? How do I do this? What is Facebook's new algorithms or whatever that word is, right? Ask anything. Where should I take my wife for dinner? 
What should I get my wife for my our 21st, 22nd year anniversary? Yeah. Uh, how do I uh, potty train my dog? <laughs> Anything. Put that out there, and you're going to get a barrage of people wanting to help because people want to feel important. They want to feel like they've got the answer. They want to feel like, yes, they're worthy, right? And that's that good sense of feeling because it comes from a good heart. Even the jerks out there are probably going to post some comment because they want to help in their own way, right? So anyway, as uh, Earl Nightingale said, we will become what we think about. So we think about positivity. You know what? We're going we're gonna to have enough positive warriors or soldiers or muscles built up in our mind to fight off the negativity. That negativity is still going to come. It is. Just know that, but know that you're building your army, building your muscles, building your tribe to fight off the negativity when it comes. And as the Spartans say, the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in battle. Man, that, when, I, when I heard that, read that, it's like, whoa. And, of course, I think about, you know, in the gym there working out and hitting the, the speed bag and the heavy bad and, you know, kicking to your legs fall off. Yeah, battle, battle. I don't I mean – Here's the thing, 47 years old now, my thing, I still train hard because I still want to inspire and empower our students and our instructors, but I've kind of moved on to a different uh, mindset now. And I, I've truly, well, forgive me here, but hear me out. I feel like I've become more of a quote, quote, master than I ever have before. And the reason for that, like I said, hear me out, is because now I realize the only thing I know, I don't know much of anything. I am more of a white belt now than ever because I'm a master of learning, a master of wanting more knowledge, a master of wanting to help others. I've always wanted to do that. Everybody wants to help others, right? Yeah, you want to have the answer. But I'm, I feel like I'm more of that quote, quote, master title than I've ever been simply because I'm a master learner now. I want to learn, and I know that the only thing I know for sure is I don't know much of anything but I'm going to do what I can to find the answer. And then when I find those answers, I'm going to share those with others because it's one thing to know something. It's a whole nother thing to know it in a sense, in a way to share it with somebody else. And then if they learn from it, man, you know, that's the, the kind of the beauty of, of being a, you know, uh, a motivator, a mentor, a martial arts instructor, all those things, because it, it's, you know, to learn something's great, but to really own it is to teach someone else and to pay it forward, yeah, then you've got it because you've shared that gift with somebody else. You've impacted somebody else in a positive way. You've helped them overcome a battle. You've helped them with their anxiety or depression. You've helped them realize that, you know what, I'm a human being too. I've been down, face, face down in the dirt. I've been on the mat. I've been there crying, not wanting to get up, but I chose to get up. I've laid in bed, not wanting to get out of bed. I don't want to do it. I don't want to face another day. I've had those things. But I got up each and every time. And each time I get, get up, I strengthen that resolve to continue to battle through, to not give up. It's tough. And you know what's, what's tough was tough? It was me saying these things, admitting my weaknesses. But by me admitting those, I'm really fighting them full force now. I'm not tucking them away. I'm not burying them under, you know, uh, uh, I don't say false positives, but I'm exposing those things. I'm digging them up and saying, yes, I'm fighting those battles right along with you. I'm fighting that anxiety, that depression. But dang it, the more I talk about it, the more I share, the more I open up, the more soldiers, the more muscles I get, you know, the strength I have to fight those things off. And that's what I want for you. That's why I do the show. And that's why, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, I am so, so internally grateful 
that you take time to listen to this show. You take time to post your comments and your feedbacks. It touches my heart. It means the world to me. And I sincerely love each and every one of you for doing that. Thank you very, very much. And as always, please share this with somebody who could benefit. Go to my page. Uh, or like the Kickin' Life Guru Master Rich Grogan page because every day starts with something positive. It truly does. And of course, you know, you can find our podcast. Here comes the, the sales voice. Of course, you can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Podbean. <laughs> Oops, I snorted on the air. Holy cow, I can't believe I just did that. Anyway, <laughs> well, that's being me. I sometimes do that stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, there's a first right there. Oh, my gosh. Kicking like viewers, snorts on the air. Good stuff. Anyway, I'm not cutting that. I'm leaving it because that's who I am, right? <laughs> I'm vulnerable. Anyway, seriously, you can find our podcast at uh, kickinlifepodcast.com. Uh, what, what else? iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast from. Folks, thank you so very much. Uh, I'm blessed. I'm honored. Oh, I, you know what I forgot to talk about? I got to talking about so many other things. Here it is. I got baptized. Yes, born again Christian. I am. And, and here's the good news. Obviously, you hear my voice. You know I didn't burst into flames. And I may have burst into some mini flames, but the water put it out. So I tell you, uh, I, I feel better than I've ever felt in my entire life. I truly mean that. Born-again Christian. I always knew there was a higher uh, power out there, and that power is something greater, some driving force. So I feel like all three table legs are in alignment now. The mental side, the physical side, and the spiritual side. So there we go. Boy, that was top on my list. I'm glad I looked over my notes here. Holy smokes. I almost forgot that. And that was (laughs) the part I wanted to talk about. But as we leave this one, live in the present, right? What you do right here, right now, be your very best. There it is. All right, guys. Thank you so very much. From the bottom of my heart, God bless you. God bless your loved ones. I wish you a very, very, very Merry Christmas. And I hope you, you and your family spend some quality time together living in the present. All right, everyone. And until we talk again, you get out there and do your best. And I promise you'll be your very best. God bless everyone. Can't wait to talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to another exciting Kickin' Life podcast. This is Master Rich Grogan, your Kickin' Life guru, reminding you you can find our podcast online at kickinlifepodcast.com or through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcast. Tune in next week. Another exciting show coming your way. In the meantime, you get out there and do what you do best, and I promise you'll be your very best. Have a blessed day, everybody. Talk to you real soon. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.